welcome back to the JW Nixon High School Class of 1992 podcast. I'm your host, Missy Barrientos. Our guest for this episode is Hector Fabian Benavides, also known as Kill or Killer. You might also remember that he did some of the artwork for our senior year yearbook. He tells us what he's been up to these past 30 years. Oh, one, one thing, I'm extremely foul mouth. I don't know how, <laughs> how that'll go once I get rolling. We're uh, all adults. All right. I am horrible, though. Uh, I did a little bit of radio, and my friends would listen in just because they thought I would go fuck it up. <laughs> so. Thanks for doing this. No, no, no. Thank you. I, I'm really, honestly, very socially anxious, and that's why I decided to do it. I got into theater and did radio and things like that because socially anxious. Most of the time I have, you know, my job has me talking to people and like I shake it off, but I've been recovering for a bit. So I haven't really seen anybody but my pop. So no, yeah, I'm glad that I'm doing this. And like right now, I just got to shake up the little, uh, little butterflies we're getting. No problem. I'll take it easy on you. And um, we'll start off with an easy question. Tell okay. us your name and what you go by and something that you do that brings you the most satisfaction or reward. All right. Well, I go by many names. I'm Hector Fabian Benavides. People from elementary <clears throat> knew me as Fabian. Uh, middle school, it went to Hector. Uh, high school, it became uh, kill or killer. And I still go by all of them. So, Well, you know, I think I remember you from elementary and then in high school. And for some reason, I thought maybe you were a twin because of the Hector and Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay. Well, I'm a jack of all trades. I've been uh, blessed to have many opportunities to learn new things. Uh, my last project, I'm an independent contractor and I worked with my cousin and we're in charge of the installation and hardware of all the telecommunications for uh, Texas Physical Therapy Clinic, well, clinics. Our business went up when COVID hit. Do you have any hobbies? Uh, ton. I, uh, I draw, paint, uh, sculpt, a bit of a poet, a bit of a comic. I've done, I've done pretty much anything, but yeah, I, I like, uh, drawing, painting, uh, like to stay active, big into the martial arts since I was a little kid, but my favorite thing is being a dad, hands down. So let's go back to high school. Mm -hmm. What were you like as a teenager? What earned you that name, kill or killer? I, I was a baby in the family. And uh, my brothers were a whole lot older than me. Uh, one nine, the other one seven. My sister, five years older than me. And all of them grew up in the martial arts. And even my sister hit like a man. <laughs> so... I guess they're so far off that they weren't going to be around and protect me. So they decided to make me mean. 
And I was little. I was little. I was extremely little. But I I never backed down. So when I got to Nixon, I believe it was uh, Coach Grugan that gave me the nickname. Yeah, and it stuck. <laughs> so what do you think your classmates thought of you? You said you were smaller. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I went in as a freshman, I was probably about five foot two and 100 pounds. But I uh, should have known I was going to grow because I was, I think, already about 10 and a half in shoes. So, like, a breeze could go and, like, uh, push me over, but a hurricane could knock me down. I was, like, planning. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't grow, I think, till my junior year. I just, like, stretched like a weed. Uh, but, yeah, I was, uh, I was extremely little. But, uh, yeah, I never backed down to, to anything. And I guess uh, some people thought I was a little crazy. Some people thought I was a little quiet. I don't know. I guess it just depends on who you ask. And how tall you were, I guess, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that is true. So who was your best friend in high school? Who did you hang out with? Oh, that, that would be hands down Jose Romero. I knew him as Juni. Some called him Romy, Romer. Uh, that's my boy to this day. Did you and he have any special or favorite hangouts? We've been friends since, I think, uh, I think I want to head start with him and from the neighborhood and stuff. So it's like we're family, like his parents were my parents and vice versa. And same thing with the majority of the people around here, even the ones that were, you know, uh, a few classes above or a few classes below. Did you skip school or class? And if you did, where'd you go? What did you do? Uh, I did uh, a little bit freshman, sophomore, but I, I got in a lot of summer programs and I had a, extra credits. Uh, so by junior, senior year, I was uh, going to school half day and working half day. So did that leave you any time for clubs or organizations? It actually did. I was in a little bit of everything. I think I first started off with debate with with Junie. <laughs> we were horrible at it. So we ended up jumping into other stuff at, at UIL that just kind of popped up. And uh, we did all kinds of stuff, like extemporaneous speaking. And, and then I, I jumped into the theater part. Something happened that somebody couldn't do a part and i think uh i think it was with with felix felix esquivel we won we won like a trophy that time <laughs> but i was also in the video club with uh uh with gil gil martinez and uh with theater art video i know there's a couple other that we, we got into but uh yeah we kind of spread out quite a bit how did you end up doing the artwork for our yearbook? Oh, that's, that was through uh, uh, Mr. Mendez's class. It came up as a, as a contest. The Laredo National Bank, I guess they had the, the Centennial. And uh, they had a contest uh, for a calendar that they're going to put out. And uh, a few of us won a scholarship through that. And then they decided to go in 
you know, use that same idea for, for the yearbook. And it, I believe it was me, uh, Ben Solis, and then it was a junior, uh, Alex Martinez. He actually got the cover. A lot of people thought uh, I had gotten the cover. But no, me and Ben had like a rush deadline and we submitted our stuff and then they extended it. So yeah, it, the, the quality of what we turned in and what we could have, you know, been bounced out, but uh, it was still, it was still fun. So you mentioned you had a job. Do you have more than one job? What did you do? Where did you work? I started off at crafts, etc. My mom had a arts and crafts store downtown for the longest time. She taught classes, all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's why I have an eye for the stuff that you do because I grew up around it. Uh, so my mom and my brother ended up working there. Uh, my brother got picked up at a, uh, I think, a import export company. And he brought me in to, to cover his spot. Uh, since I had so many credits and my parents were okay with it because my mom was going to be working with me, I, I got a worker's permit 15. And I started there. And I was the stock boy and would mop up everything. And I just kept bugging to get into the frame shop. Now it's like this tiny little thing. <laughs> and there's like all kinds of stuff that could kill me back there. <laughs> and they're like, you're crazy. No, no, but uh, relentless. And by the time I was 16, they put me in the frame shop. They shut me up. Uh, I stayed there for, for quite a bit, I think, until a little after I graduated. And then I think it turned to Michael's, and I was already gone by we're the second person I know who does framing. And that's interesting, but cool because it's expensive. Oh, I, I got paid back then. I got paid $3.30 an hour and they would charge $28 an hour for my labor. Wow. That's all I'm going to say is wow. But I learned a lot, so I'm not complaining. So what was a typical day like for you your senior year? It was a little crazy because uh, at that point I had, you know, I had basically finished. I was just waiting to, to walk the stage. So it was more about, you know, seeing my friends. For me, like classwork wasn't, uh, it was more like a chore. You know, it wasn't hard for me. And I guess it pissed some people off that I took class with, but so yeah, we just kind of show up for, to see my friends hang out and then, you know, go to work. What are some of your favorite memories from high school? Oh man, it, high school was crazy. Off of the, the poster I had seen, you know, about the big flakes and the groups and stuff like that. And that one, that one question, I was like, man, I don't know how to say it because I, I like I had friends in, in all the cliques, like I, I got along with pretty much everybody. It was just a couple of people that like didn't like me, but like they were never gonna like me. But I got along with mostly everybody. I have crazy stories with uh, George Rodriguez and Noel Ramon with the Kickers. I, I hung out with you know the the band guys uh, Ben Solis, Teddy Babiak, the the Jacks, my Ricks, uh, Rick Villarreal. Rick Garcia, Rick Ramos, you know, 
that was the thing. Like I could, I could get along with everyone. I could kind of shift around, but like I didn't like fit in one spot, which I didn't see as a bad thing. Well, do you have any memories that kind of make you sad or you kind of groan when you think about it? Uh, I, I guess a few of the fights. <laughs> that was uh, that. That was the one thing. Like the, the people didn't get. Like they made me mean. I liked the fight. You know, uh, I wasn't looking for it, but like I was, I was, I was okay <laughs> with it going. I was the uh, the guy that showed up to advanced theater class with you know. Well, black eye and some scrapes and stuff. But yeah, I had great times with uh, with Noel and them, uh, my old TC guys, uh, Braulio and, and Billy. Uh, rest in peace. Man, we've lost a few. Yeah, we have. I, I honestly, I didn't know that Retama kids fought. I thought, you know, it was just the ones from the barrio that got into fights. Ah, uh, no, no, this wasn't a bad, like, uh, bad neighborhood. It was a tough neighborhood, though. No. Uh, and, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of knocking around. You know, to us, Pratama, that's where we would go uh, trick-or-treating because they gave out the good candy. <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's a better neighborhood than ours. <laughs> so that's why I always had this idea that they don't get into fights. Uh, no, well, we, we fought with each other quite a bit. <laughs> No, it's all good, but no, yeah, it was uh, it was it was rowdy. Let's just put it that way. It was a rowdy neighborhood. Well, is there anything you wish you had done in high school that you didn't get to do? I wish I would have gotten into sports in high school. I had gotten into basketball freshman year, and that's the little midget, but uh. I couldn't make it to, to Memorial where they had the practices. So after that, like I played ball with, uh, with Brian and uh, Joe Gage, Rick Ramos in uh, like uh, at LCC and like city leagues, things like that after, but I really w- wish I would have had a chance to play. I really want to play football, but my parents were not going to sign that for me. <laughs> get brain injuries that way oh no yeah no uh little uh little sidebar i've cheated death like uh more than uh i guess large groups <laughs> in in august i don't know how uh, how i survived the hit to the head 12 foot weather treated four by four used to uh used as a pillar for a 20-foot uh, steel I-beam. Decided to timber down and kiss me in the back of the head. I thought I died. Wow. <laughs> but it, it didn't knock me down. It, it hurt more than I could even describe. <laughs> I'm telling you, I thought I died. I thought my eyes exploded and my teeth shot out. But, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, if I would have known that I could take a hit like that, I would have gone in a boxing. <laughs> but now, luckily, luckily, I'm good. I still have to go in and follow up some things. But yeah, that, that one kind of shook me. I was a uh, brain fog for about a month and a half. Yeah, those brain injuries, they're, they're long lasting. They, they can be dangerous. It's 
it's a good thing you aren't old. <laughs> uh, no, no. And then the way we grew up too, we're the, we're the ones going, going around with them, uh, hanging on to somebody's pickup on skateboards and stuff. So like, yeah, we've, we've been concussed probably way more than Troy Aikman in his whole career. So, yeah. So football would have been eh, easy peasy. Yeah. Yeah. My, my parents just didn't get it. I mean, other than you and me, who were the, who do you think were the coolest kids our senior year? See, like, I didn't, I didn't see like the, the cool, like other people saw cool. Like to me, the cool people were the ones that were like, just like genuinely awesome. Like, uh, sticks out like, uh, Steve Chapa, like that dude, like you can be in a bad mood around like that. Like you just go and make you smile. Piss me off sometimes. Right? <laughs> Let me be mad. But like I thought he was cool as shit. Like I don't know what what measures other people would have. Uh, Angie Treco, great human being, cool as shit. Now there's a ton of people, but that's how that's how I saw it. How they how they were with people. Did you have any favorite teachers and why? Uh, hands down, Mr. Mendes. Uh, I did have other ones that were really cool. I remember Mr. Sally. Miss Ramirez, because she uh, she put up with me. She let me take the class twice because I was running out of classes to take, and it brought up my GPA. So awesome! But no, hands down, uh, Mendes. If it wasn't for Mendes, I would probably been in jail. Were there any classes throughout high school that gave you that difficulty or that you had a hard time in? I got out of geometry. Because it just, it, I didn't transition into that. And everybody else knew what was going on. And I had like no clue. And since I had a ton of credits, I was like, nah, I don't just get out of this one. I've always wanted to go back and actually like now go and give it a shot. But yeah, when I, when I was there like the first two weeks, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, that's interesting because I think I mean, wouldn't you use geometry in making frames? And- oh, no, no, that's the thing. Like, uh, and I love geometry, but when I was in class, like, I, 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 it was like I came in and it was like they're talking a different language. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. But it wasn't that I was spinning. Like, I just, like, flat out, like, from the get-go. Like, yeah. everyone's like, oh, yeah, and this is like, <laughs> But other than that, no, like, even the, the sciences, and, also part geek, man. You know, I was a Mr. Wizard when elementary school and stuff, like, you know, building things and blowing them up and stuff. So what kind of music did you listen to back then? I've always listened to a wide mix. My brothers uh, were, you know, in the metal, but I have older cousins that also influenced a bunch so anything from like classic rock to like old country like marty robbins and all that uh big kenny rogers fan like listen to a little bit of everything and i i still do i think in high school my my favorite album was uh shake your money maker of the black roads that one that would be like I played that tape out 
did you, were you into any movies or TV shows or books or magazines? Back then, I liked like cop books, like uh, cop dramas. And I liked uh, a lot of nonfiction. But I was, uh, I was big into comic books and uh, huge with Spider-Man. And my, my son got the, the, the gift of drawing. And he's a madman, and he he went he went way beyond me on uh, being a Spider Man fanatic, and yeah, his work's amazing, pun intended. Are there any Laredo words or phrases that you still use from your teenage years? Uh, no, it's funny when I started using it in Houston. And people, but they got it, you know, they're just like they hadn't heard it before. But yeah, that, that one, uh, almost daily. Do you have any items from high school, like a varsity jacket or your yearbook or any kind of mementos? I have somewhere in this house, like a little file box with the, the memory book the the cap i got rid of the gown uh the tassel and stuff like that i do yeah i don't know where but yes i do (laughs) whom from high school are you most interested in finding out about oh uh that one uh stuck out on the list and those two first off was rocky because he he took off like early and I'm, I stayed, you know, really good friends with his brother and sister, but I never really ran into to Rocky after, after the early part of high school. That and uh, a good friend of mine who's, uh, I am Retama, but I'm also honorary ghost town. <laughs> uh, and uh, out of my ghost town crew, uh, last I heard, he was teaching, uh, he was a professor at, uh, it's called Texas State now. Uh, when I was going to Southwest Texas, uh, that'd be Jose Reyes. I knew him as Pepper, El Pepper. Him and his brother, uh, Mitocayo, uh, Hector Flores. Him I saw for, for a bit. He was living like right behind me for years. But uh, yeah, his brother once, uh, I ran into him when I was going to school in, uh, at Southwest. And then after that, I didn't see him, but I had heard that he was like a professor or something. But yeah, I'm curious to see how, how he well, is. Hopefully they'll listen and, or somebody who knows them listens and they'll let us know what they're up to. Oh, and if anybody finds uh, Margarito, let me know. Uh, he yeah. called me. He was trying to commission me for a painting. And, nice. uh, but that was years back. I haven't heard from in a bit. All right. So if anybody out there knows where these people are, let us know. All right. So we're moving on from high school. What did you do after graduation? Uh, well, I worked. I didn't jump into LCC, I guess, until like two years after. I worked for about a good two years. I believe it was Best Buy. Jumped in when... Uh, 
well, yeah, we, we set it up. It was like a two week build up. And I think I was like with them for about three years, something like that. And then after that, I went to, uh, to LCC. I worked at LCC. I did all kinds of stuff. I was even a, a special instruction specialist, which was like a fancy, like a dedicated tutor. <laughs> but uh, I was not supposed to, to do this. Uh, but the professor, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rat her out, uh, gave me some license and actually lectured <laughs> a little bit for two classes. Well, you have to tell us what class at least. Oh, it was a, it was a 1301 English. One of those guys though, uh, became, a, an emergency room nurse when he was, a an EMT. I ran into him and he gave me props. He said, you know, that he would, he was not taking anything serious until like, until I started lecturing because, you know, from the hood too, he was able to relate, you know, but yeah, I totally should not have been able to do that. And, but that was, that was pretty cool. It was fun. But yeah, I did all kinds of stuff. I, I was uh, a faculty aide for, pretty much everyone in the social and behavioral sciences. It was because of that I changed my major to political science. I was a, between history and political science. All, all the classes I didn't want to take were the ones that like, hey, that, that's not how it was when, you know, they're trying to feed it to me in middle school and high school. Uh, those were the classes I ended up liking. But yeah, I went to school for a bit. Then I went to uh, at LCC and then I jumped into uh, Southwest Texas for a bit. Uh, wasn't able to finish. The money ran out. Uh, came back and I did a little bit of everything. I've been in all kinds of sales. I also got into, I guess, hospitality. Started off with uh, bouncing at nightclubs. And then I became a DJ at nightclubs. And even uh, the, the gentleman clubs. So I would do sales during the day and I'd moonlight in the bars. Was this uh, in Laredo? Or yes. It started, it started off in Laredo. I also uh, jumped into the theater, uh, community theater, uh, because of Gil, Gilbert Martinez. <laughs> I have a really good story if we've got time for it with Gil. He, he was in my, my theater class and group you know, all through high school and also a friend uh, outside of that. Also a very good martial artist. But all of a sudden he shows up to my house and I hadn't seen him in, you know, probably about two years. And he's like, hey man, uh, I need you to help me out and jump in and cover somebody's role. Uh, the show goes for two weeks. The guy could do the first week and you jump in the second week. It, it's, it's a small role. And I asked, you know, is it going to help you out? It's like, yeah, and then I'll do it. I went to their rehearsal. I was in the theater in the round. I think it's at the Atkins or was the Atkins. And, you know, I sat through a few rehearsals. They gave me a script. And I went to opening night. Joey Serra, also in our class, he, he went and, and saw that show. Well, 
I'm there with a with my friend Chuck from across the street. Outside, I was smoking a cigarette, and then uh, Chuck tells me, "Hey, man, um, everybody's everybody's at the the door, and they're just staring at you." I was like, "Yeah, real funny, man." Turn back, and I'm like, "Oh," and I just see Gil's face, like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna ask." <laughs> And they, they call me over and they're like, look, the the lead just walked off. He did like sports for one of the radio stations and he had a big head. He messed something up and the director lectured on me. He walked off and thought they were going to go beg him back. And I, I forgot the, the, the lady's name now, um, but she said, no, I'd rather you sit there with a script in your hand and let him go and, you know, come back i'm trying to watch my life <laughs> and uh i had met the guy and yeah i didn't like him so i said yeah i'll do it and the first like the play was about a bunch of college students doing uh, romeo and julia in theater of the round so the first part of the play those scripts going around they're like you know uh it's not going to be a thing if you have it in front of you well it started and uh, I had the, the script in front of me and then I realized that I, that I knew the lines, like all the lines, not just my lines, like everybody's lines. And I went off, I, I, I caught other people's lines that they dropped and did like scene transitions. I have no idea, uh, but I pulled it off and like I threw the script down. Like, after like the first uh, halfway through the first scene and finished and i'm like on the 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 high of you know the adrenaline and stuff and then we go backstage everyone's looking at me like i'm an alien and kill's like dude how the hell do you do it i'm like i don't know are you complaining like no uh the second week uh some people fell out and i ended up incorporating the lines into the, the characters we ended up being like a blast i wasn't even going in i wasn't even taking class at the lcc at that time but yeah it was a it was a hell of a show so did you figure out how you knew all the lines or was it a head no. injury uh no no this well maybe because of the other ones uh no i guess i just i just kept reading it you know i did theater afterwards because of that uh and also uh Gil. But I jumped in a little theater and he was going back for his master's or yeah, yeah, for his master's. So he's like, oh, no, I'm not directing anymore. I'm like, ah, I'm leaving. And then uh, a guy from the, the theater, same thing, kind of relatable. Uh, he pulled me back in and, you know, I uh, did from stage managing, lights, uh, lights and sound, uh, directing, acting. I even had a, a lead and uh, in two there at the little theater. And that's it. I'm like very like socially anxious and stuff. <laughs> it was pretty fun. And uh, with Ponchi, he graduated a, a year or two before us, did stand-up comedy. And when I was working in the nightclubs, he convinced me to, to go and give it a shot. And I did a few sets with him. And that that was that was the most terrifying thing. And, and that's that I bounced them a radio in some really shady places. Uh, but getting on uh, getting on stage 
uh, behind that microphone is the scariest thing ever. Like it freaked me the hell out. But once I got that first laugh, oh man, that was that was addicting. It was crazy, crazy. And I think I might might give it another stint because uh, my life's been nothing but material these past few years. What were your thirties like? My thirties had settled down. At the end of my twenties, I I opened up a restaurant here in Laredo, uh, Fat Joe's uh, Smoked Barbecue. That was probably my my proudest notch on my belt because. Everyone said that it couldn't be done. Uh, Rudy's is in Laredo because of me. So you're well, welcome. I thank you. I appreciated it. I was, I was trying to get into a Rudy's franchise and, and they said, no, they said we did market research. Laredo's not ready for barbecue. Like, you know, we have everything lined up with the money set. They're like, no, it's not. Uh, and then I tried to jump in a Krispy Kreme but somebody else had already beat me to it. So we just went off on our, our own uh, idea of, you know, me, me and some buddies, you know, having beers and, you know, talking about, Oh, one day we're going to do this or do that. And I had the opportunity. I was like, Hey, why, why not do it? Like never cooked before. I hadn't worked a restaurant before that ever. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm talking to bankers and, and, probably what 20 28 but i probably looked like i was you know 19 <laughs> and uh they, they weren't taking me serious and they're saying that no it's not you know it's not gonna happen you can't do it you can't do it if you want to open up a, a taco place you know we'll front you all this and all that you know no no i pulled it off and it was a hit uh i even sponsored uh the bucks the the years uh, that they won the championship where was it uh, located 201 west del mar the right across from what's now the heb or by the also the, by the board patrol the headquarters it's like right in the, the corner of um is it springfield i, I know where like del mar. el venado was oh, no, no, a little further down okay it, it was it became it became a bunch of bars after my place uh, there was a an italian uh restaurant at the end that became a nightclub well became several nightclubs and i was where uh cosmos cosmos took over my spot in that little strip but there was oh, okay. food, uh, yeah. a whole bunch of other little bars there yeah it went real good except I, I was done <laughs> when you run a, a restaurant especially when, when you open it up the uh the way i went about it oh you have no life like none at all and i couldn't get the smell of smoke off me uh i went into kgns to go and uh approve like the artwork i sponsored the the sports cast and they, they still had a secretary pool. I'm not kidding you. When I go like to the editing side, a lady screams out, que tenga cuidado el flaquito, va a salir con mordidas. <laughs> it was like, it's his fault for showing up here right before lunch. 
but no yeah uh once i got it going i left it to my brother i i sold my my stake and i didn't know what to do <laughs> and i uh i started going back to to nightclubs uh um bouncing i had done mostly sales uh early 20s so uh late 20s that's when you know i got into the nightclub scene and it went off right up till you know i got got married and uh, started having kids i would still moonlight i had i think i ended up working for at&t right before going to uh san antonio i think it was like about 2009 2010 right before the the bubble burst I went over there. Uh, then from there, it was uh, I got into banking. Started off the worst. I started off in the call center, horrible. I I was a bilingual customer care rep. Uh, I had to go through this this uh, like I guess uh, the Navy SEALs have Hell Week. Here it's nine months. That I had to stomach this uh, before I could even get like a lateral move. It was like ninety calls a day of people yelling at me in two different languages that they didn't overdraft, and I'm supposed to sell them like checking accounts and things like that. And you uh, say you have anxiety. How did you deal with that? Oh uh, no, it was horrible. Right, right by the end, I I got close to snapping. I have tinnitus, severe tinnitus been able to manage it uh, but I was so restressed that yeah that let's say the normal ring for me is about a six it, it was like at, at a 10 and I'm taking call after call then there's like all kinds of these like uh federal regulation and disclaimers and all this stuff and then there you know you got the people on the floor like pit bosses <laughs> you know this and that I was going nuts, but I muscled through all that. I made some very good friends, and uh, then I got into uh, home preservation. After the bubble, there was, I think there still is more more empty houses and foreclosures and homeless. Uh, so I was in charge of a, a huge portfolio of either bankruptcies or foreclosures that needed a, a second chance because they were part of those bad loans. And that was, that was the coolest job that I've ever had. And I've had all kinds. I've forgotten more jobs than, than most people ever have. Uh, but that one was, was the coolest. Uh, I saved a couple uh, right, right at auction. After that, I left to, to Houston. Oh, also when I was doing that, I was moonlighting at the, the Riverwalk, bouncing uh uh, oil field workers that had been away for way too long and now came back with way too much money. So uh, fun times. <laughs> but yeah, then I went to to Houston, try to get into the, the same thing with the bank. They didn't have the, the same department. Ended up that it was gonna it was gonna cost me sixteen hundred a month if I took the job that they were offering me due to, to daycare. So I uh, did a stay-at-home dad for a little bit, and I started selling my my paintings. Went well for a bit, but I knew it wasn't gonna uh, wasn't gonna go on forever. Uh, so I went back to to the bars. I got into 
a little biker bar uh, right in the outskirts of Katy that uh, they got picked up by Bar Rescue. Totally missed out there, though. Part of the whole show, but I was going to be the guy that, you know, that was cleaning up and then, you know, was running the show. But I wasn't able to make uh, one filming, so they had to edit me out. Um, but yeah, it was a tax down in Texas. Uh, my episode, you'll see me for maybe like two seconds where I grab a tray of drinks and I turn around and I go shot of the head. <laughs> they didn't even give me credit, but I met Taffer and the, the whole bit really, really cool people. Taffer is probably about five, eight, just letting you know, but great guy. though. And that was fun. Did that for a bit, started up. Uh, my own business. I took over a sales territory, way too big for for just me. My sales territory was bigger in Connecticut. It was the Houston area, but the surrounding, and it would kick off to West Louisiana. And I, I supplied uh, tractor trailer mirrors to like uh, auto zones, but for big rigs. And that went well, but it was it was too big to handle just uh, by myself and had to let it go separately. Um, but since then, like uh, I said, I jumped into to everything, uh, went into uh, construction and uh, that fun stuff. The thing that I might uh, get back into here, though, is uh, the pain, like the construction pain that that part like uh, whether it's you know on a canvas or on a wall I, I just like paint so what have you been up to and well I guess you kind of touched on this in the past 10 years I specifically wanted to ask you about Hurricane Harvey how what was that like oh man uh it was surreal uh the year before, uh, right when I started the, the mirror business, uh, we got hit by the 100-year flood, or what they call the tax day flood. It was on April 15th. So there, when, when it got the highest that time in, um, in the parking lot, the water was up to my knees. During Harvey, when I got the family out, it was up to my my chin and then there's undercurrents and logs and there's two hospitals close by there's uh islands of fire ants going and swimming past you we were blessed that uh nobody needed medication uh nobody needed uh anything like that we, we had plenty of water and we had plenty of food the electricity was on Till that last day, they said that they were going to cut it off. And that's when I uh, finally convinced everybody to get out. And thankfully, because I would have had to bring everybody out one by one and the rep. Uh, uh, but yeah, that was completely surreal. I didn't sleep. Honestly, two weeks, I didn't sleep. Um, because it wasn't just when, when it hit that one that wasn't really too bad it was after 
where the rain didn't stop and then the tornado started hitting. I'm not lying. It was uh, every 15 minutes, I'd get a tornado warning. And I'd see on the maps and it was like, I'm right here and it's all around. Uh, by the biker bar that I used to work at, they had a huge billboard, like those monstrous billboards. It toppled over and it landed on a on a car lot across the street from the tornadoes, not from the hurricane. And so we had just like constant rain and then just that hitting. And I had, you know, I'm dead. So I, I can't, I can't be worried or, you know, scared or anything like that. So keeping my face up and then sleeping in like little 10 minute bouts because, you know, I couldn't, if I fell asleep, you know, I fall too deeply asleep, you know, but um, luckily everything, you know, uh, worked out. Okay. We're on the second floor. Great bit. Cause it was, I think almost like six feet on the first floor on the on the walls but yeah that was that was scary luckily a good friend of mine uh was living in austin is living in austin now reached out at the the perfect time they gave him a chance to get out of work and and he got us uh if you would have waited another 10 minutes we we would have been locked in. We wouldn't have been able to get back to Houston because they were going to close down the highway. And so luckily we made it out. And, and yeah, that was, that was something else. It puts a lot of things in perspective. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I've never been through anything like that. Even with the freeze from last year, my power never went out. So I, I, that's why I had to ask. I can't imagine what that was like I mean you see all this stuff on tv but to lift no yeah uh and like I said we we were we were better than most but it was still it was still unnerving like just really surreal like you know you you look out and we're in a lake we're like they're literally going around in boats we were that that's another thing we're really lucky because we're too like two blocks from the rescue point. And yeah, they, they interviewed me uh, with the weather channel. Mr. Social I, anxiety. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, they just, they just got me out of the truck and I hadn't even changed yet. And I just was nervous talking and I have no idea what I said. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look it up. I didn't know. Like I'm hoping it didn't air. <laughs> Because I had no idea what I said, but I was, I was like, just so happy. It was like a, like a crazy high. We saw the sun. We hadn't seen the sun until that day. It was, it was insane. Well, I can, I can take two guesses at why they picked you because when I worked in news, we had a photographer who would always say no fatties and no crotch shots. So <laughs> <laughs> I was in such a daze, though. Uh, no, and then worse, uh, I couldn't get a rental car because my, my driver's license had expired. So How do you let it expire? Uh, I was just working so much. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize. And for one thing, like, I couldn't have, there was nothing in Houston. Houston was underwater. 
for another good three weeks, I think, after I got off. So I'm trying to get a rental car in Austin. And they're like, no, we can't get it to you because of this. Like, here, here's, here's my credit card. Oh, no, you're, it, this is expired. So now I have to go to DPS. Luckily, I have a, a cousin in Austin, the one that I was working with, uh, with the telecom. He picked me up and he took me to the thing and they helped me out. But they said, oh, no, we, we need to take a new picture. I'm like, oh, that's great. I haven't slept in two weeks. <laughs> and then the girl and, and my cousin start, like, joking around, like, trying to make me laugh, like, right before the picture. And so they finally made, made me laugh. So I tilted my head back when I laughed, and that's how they took the picture. <laughs> and I was still walking around with that damn picture on my driver's license. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. If we had asked 18-year-old you what you would be doing 30 years later, what would 18-year-old you have said? I would have thought I would have been a cop or a fireman. Back then. In the 20s, I would have changed completely. But 18-year-old me, I thought I would end ended up being a, a cop or a fireman. What are the top three memories of your life after high school? Okay. Like I, I mentioned, like the, the restaurant that was, that was real big. It's been that. And uh, honestly, my, my kiddos, that's, that's, and, and this is the funny part is that I didn't want kids. I, I'm the baby, you know, they, they're a lot older than me. So I had nieces and nephews. I could, Enjoy them and give them back. And I was like, I don't need them. I don't need my own. No, man, I'm good. <laughs> Gotta feed them and stuff. But uh, yeah, once once I became a dad, I was wrecked. Like, you know, it's the best thing ever. What has your journey been like so far? And what have you learned about yourself? Yeah. I guess in one word, it'd have to be colorful, which will kind of fits with the art thing yeah I, I didn't uh, I didn't follow the typical path uh, ever <laughs> and uh, and I don't regret it I've uh, I've got to live a lot <laughs> and uh, experience a whole lot I wish I could have lived in more places than I have but I still got a chance to to live in more places and, you know, uh, the majority of the people that I know, at least. What I've learned is the time is way more valuable than, than money, material, and status. Uh, what you do with your time, who you spend it with, um, means a whole lot more. I, <clears throat> Sadly, dealt with uh, a good chunk of loss, like I think starting 2016. And it just like kind of kept going. And then this is before COVID. <laughs> and then we had the COVID happen. And, and we had some losses that weren't even related to COVID, but we missed out on funerals and things like that. But, you know, through the disasters and the, the cheating death and this and that it's just really put everything in perspective and at the end yeah the, 
at, at the end, nobody's asking, you know, for, for more money, you know, right before they die, you know, they want more time. Well, now let's move on a little to your hobbies, interests, your family life. You mentioned children and that your son draws. Are they any like you in any other way? My, my daughter is not by DNA, but she's come out a whole lot like me as far as being relentless. And even though she's little, uh, she's, uh, she's a dynamo. Makes me really proud. And uh, she she got in the theater. She got the theater bug like me. Sadly, because of, uh, you know, uh, prejudice and things like that, uh, because of the skin tones, uh, she wasn't getting the parts that, you know, she should have gotten. She didn't get defeated by it. She said, you know what? I know why I'm not getting them. That's fine. I can't change. You know what? I'm going to go into stage management. She went to nationals twice. She's, uh, she's receiving her bachelor's on the 13th of May. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. And my boy is, uh, is like me a lot, except for the, the, the colmillo part, I guess, you know, uh, which is good. Like, I didn't want him to come out like me, but yeah, his, uh, he just had it. Like, I, I didn't teach him like anything when it came to drawing. Like I just got out of his way. Uh, he'd ask me, you know, we come into like stumbling blocks here and there, but oh yeah, he's, he's, he's an old madman. He already has basically a comic line with characters and stuff like that he just has to go and uh, finish off the more of the stories but he started this when he was like in third grade yeah he, he's he's like me i guess in the, in the good sense <laughs> i'm letting him get you know <laughs> the the bad habits it's because he didn't grow up in ratama that's why there you go <laughs> see I, that, that was the best thing i could have done too <laughs> take him somewhere else. No, he's in a very, very, uh, very good school. He's in a steam magnet uh, there in Houston, Westside. Beautiful place. Uh, he's in an advanced culinary program and advanced digital media program. So both, both of them make me very proud. Well then, on your journey so far, who's made the biggest impact on your life? Overall, my mom, she, you know, again, you know, the, the tiny part, you know, my mom's uh, like 4'11 in heels, <laughs> tiny little woman. Like, and I'm the only one with these dimensions in my family. It, you know, people that don't know my family. I think, you know, she made me because she wanted to get the stuff off the top shelf or something. <laughs> the proportions are ridiculous, <laughs> but she was fierce. I learned jujitsu before I knew what jujitsu was. <laughs> uh, I'd be walking through the hall and I'd hear my siblings like screaming. She'd have somebody in a headlock, somebody wrapped up in a leg lock. They're all like, hey, help me. I'm like, man, no. <laughs> you guys got yourself into that mess, man. I can't get into that. But 
Uh, yeah, no, she was a uh, same thing. Uh, just a force. Uh, she taught me carpentry. She could, she was like the Mexican Martha Stewart, and w- with an edge, <laughs> it could put you in a headlock too. <laughs> but yeah, I think she she's made the the biggest uh, biggest impact on my life up to this point. Very sad that I lost her. Have you experienced any difficulties since you graduated from high school? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's uh it's been a thing where I like to challenge myself and I put myself in in certain spots and to see if I can make it through. But without the difficulties, you know, you wouldn't have anything to measure. So like I don't I don't shy away from the the hard stuff. And it it makes me enjoy the good stuff, you know, even more. Well then how about the biggest joys in your life? How do you treasure those memories? Well, see now it's just uh putting the phone down, you know. I'm not taking the pictures, I'm not, you know, I'm soaking it in. I'm down the radio taking care of my pop. He's, uh, he's, I don't know if he's a, a month older, a month younger than Willie Nelson. And it, it, he's a machine. Uh, sadly, he, he had a mild stroke uh, last year. So he, he's good, you know, considering everything. But like he has limited function on his dominant hand. Uh, so for the small stuff, you know, uh, rather be me, you know, be around. So right now I'm away from the kiddos. So I had to go back and forth. So those, the time that I have with my kids, you know, like I'm just, just completely focused on that. I'm not worrying about, you know, oh, I'm going to take a picture to post on. I'm just soaking them all in. I'm getting the hugs. So, you know, when I'm here, you know, remember that one. What's in store? What are your plans for the next 10 or 20 years? I'm gonna take a step back and slow things down. I honestly overworked myself during COVID. And I wanted to take advantage and, you know, get a cushion because everything was so uncertain. Overworked, dehydrated myself. And I'm like, no, okay, I'm good. I just got to, you know, muscle through just a little bit more, a little bit more until my body was like, nope. And then, you know, I should have, I should have just stopped, you know, right after that pop that I had, but um, I, there was still things that, that I needed to finish, but yeah. And then it got to the point where my body was like, nope, dehydrated myself so bad that uh, yeah, my left kidney is like a Pez dispenser right now, <laughs> but it, it, it forced me to, to, to sit down and, uh, and reevaluate things so i'm gonna i'm gonna take it a little easier focus on you know the important stuff you know my pop my kids and uh like i said i'm a jack of all trades like work finds me like i don't need to look for it <laughs> comes knocking on my door so i'm not worried about work um but it's just yeah yeah enjoying everything my uh nieces and nephews are having kids now you know 
I want to soak all that in. What's the one thing about you that no one would guess? Oh, I think a lot of the stuff about me, most of the people that went to school with wouldn't guess. I can solve a Rubik's Cube typically in under two minutes. Well, see, I find that easier to believe than the stand-up because, I mean, stand-up is scary. Oh, no, no, that, that's, yeah, no, that's terrifying. And it's funny because it, when, when I started bouncing, that, that, was a, that was a huge joke. Because I'm tall now, and, you know, I've, I've been uh, trained by, by monsters uh, since I was little. Uh, my, my sensei was uh, the, the cop that trained the cops. And uh, had a lot of military and all this good stuff. But uh, yeah, I was like, no one's ever going to give me a job as a bouncer, man. I'm like, come on, I'm not stupid. But uh, what do you mind box for me? And after that, I was like one of the most sought after bouncers, the most well-paid bouncers here in Rio. I think that probably would have surprised people the most. Do you do any old people things? Yes. What are they? Uh, I I watch birds, feed birds, um, garden, and I'm uh, I'm little by little looking at into my mom's old uh, arts and crafts stuff to to see what I can invent. And I have no, I'm not ashamed of it one bit. <laughs> If you were to go back to August 1991, as you started your senior year, what would you tell yourself then? And what would you tell yourself as a graduate? That's a good one. Um, I think it'd be the same thing to both. Don't overthink it. It's good advice. What do you miss the most about the nineties? Do you miss anything about the nineties? Oh, I miss it. The majority of everything in the nineties. It was like right before it all went poof. I like that, you know, the diversity wasn't a bad thing in the nineties. I liked that the music, uh, the grunge where it was awesome for me, you know? No, I, I really miss the nineties, not having a cell phone. To, to go and keep track, you know, all, all that stuff. It was, you know, it was an it was an end of the it was an end of an era. Is there anything you don't miss about the nineties? Uh maybe if you were to ask me 10 years ago, there might have been something, but no, you know what? Uh I'm good. Even with the the bad hair, uh I, I didn't I didn't go like that extreme I uh, mine was more like a long skater kind of thing so that wasn't too bad have you visited the new Nixon campus and if you have what do you think about it I've driven by but I have not um, gotten a closer look other than that but uh, it looks impressive completely different like it it almost feels a little weird no, the worst for me was Alma Pierce. When I drove around and, you know, it was all, oh, yeah, that one, that one kind of stung a little bit. But 
Yeah. Um, I remember the huge field at Alma Pier is just openness. And now it's all buildings and parking lots. And like big monsters kind of, it didn't feel like the elementary school, you know, we went to. No. What advice do you have for the class of 2022? It would be, again, you know, value, value your time over, over money and things and even status, you know, career. I've known very good people that did everything the right way and, and then we, we just lost them too soon. And at the end, it, you know, that's, that's not what matters at the end. It's your time. Okay, you mentioned that you were a former DJ. So now who do you want to give a shout out to? Oh, uh, DJ. Let's uh, throw to the, the other DJ, my my boy. Oh, no, two. We got two. But uh, one of them, he's, uh, he's my twin. Uh, Javi Bocanegra, tracks, born on the same day. Uh, the other DJ that graduated with us was uh, real fast, Eddie. Eddie Fierro, a police officer now. Good cat. And make a playlist of five to 10 songs for the class of 92. Oh, man. You should give me a heads up with that one. I did. That question is buried in the list, though. Oh, okay. Oh, man. No, you got me on the spot. I can't even think of one. Well, we can come back to that. What was the last TV show that you binged watched? Ozark. Uh, what's your favorite movie from the 90s? Last Boy Scout. What is a fad from the 90s that you think is still cool? Fanny packs? Grunge wear? Yeah, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll never get tired of the grunge wear. What's your favorite beverage? What's my favorite beverage now? Uh, things have changed. Wow, you can't stop me. Okay, then let's go go adult beverage. <laughs> so it, that would be a uh, a Maker's Mark or a Woodford with one ice cube. That'd be my favorite beverage. Rarely drink now, but you know, I'm going for the the treat. Well, first thing in the morning, what do you drink? Um, black coffee with a little bit of honey. Okay. Do you have a signature excuse me, signature dish that you cook or something you bake? And what is it? I make some really good cookies and bake some really good cookies. But off of the, the cooking, I'm really good with the, the beef ribs and uh, ceviches. I love making sandwiches. Do you prefer flying or road trips? Road trips. Oh, those side note for Y2K, me and some buddies drove up from Laredo to Detroit to see Metallica and the Silver Dome to ring in the New Year. My How long brother, did that take? I think it was uh, three nights, four days. Something like that. We got up to Texarkana first night. And then I think we stopped in uh, 
Nashville the second night, somewhere in Kentucky, and then somewhere in Ohio before we we hit Detroit. That 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 could have been a movie. Uh, fun times, yeah. That was that was something else. For another story for another podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. Oh, going back to the thing that surprised. Uh, I I don't eat cheese. Um, no cheese? Any cheese? Goat cheese? I have an allergic reaction to certain types, so I just kind of cut everything out, and I don't know which ones will mess me up now, so I just kind of cut it, but I do love pizza. I, I just get it without the cheese, uh, but yeah, that's that's something that, yeah, a lot of people probably don't know. Wow, that is that is surprising, and you've already mentioned the CD that you say you play all the time, but tell us again. Actually, I am on bike. Shake your money maker by the Black Rose. I've always been a big fan of blues, and uh, I listen to Siri Vaughn a lot, and uh, and these guys pretty much all my senior year. So then, playlist. What would you recommend? See, now you're putting me on the spot again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was big with uh, with these Seattle guys. So like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, uh, Alice in Chains, uh, James Addiction. That's the kind of stuff that goes in. Takes back to high school at least. Well, this playlist is just all-inclusive. So you can mention Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Black Crows and Oh, okay, so uh, Pride and Joy from Steve Ray Vaughan, Black Crows Hard to Handle, Black from Pearl Jam, anything off of the, the Nevermind album from Nirvana. I was also something else. I was also really into to hip hop and stuff. Like Keras, One, EPMD, NWA big fan of a uh, digital underground surprisingly big fan of digital underground and, and as part of my DJing I was also a karaoke DJ and I surprised people busting out some uh, humpy dance and every once in a while some Kenny Rogers or some some stuff in Spanish and made like freak out but yeah definitely humpy dance well do you have any parting words for the class of 1982 well, I wish I would have gotten a chance to see more of you. Uh, oh, a little side note, I saw Rick Hernandez uh, just a few days ago at H-E-B. Caught me in a, like, transitioning on Duncan Candilao. <laughs> I was going to, like, the, like, the right away, like, what? I think we're all stuff. like that at H-E-B. But uh, he recognized me, like, uh, I couldn't see it. He was like, hey, but I was like, where you get upset about me? When <laughs> my sunglasses, I realized it was someone. Oh man, I'm sorry. But yeah, I wish I got a chance to to run in a to more people. I know I'm running a uh, some, and like I know I know them, and just doesn't be you know I've, I've had a lot of concussions, so forgive me. <laughs> and that and uh, 
Uh, if you see me out in public, I am not mad. <laughs> I just have that neutral uh, serial serial killer <laughs> look on my face. So yeah, people like well, I saw him, man. He looked like oh man. He's probably thinking. So I'm approachable too. It's just I get a little socially awkward. That's about it. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. It was so much fun learning about you and everything that you've done. Just very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And do let us know if you are interested in participating in this podcast. Thank you.